Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com The story of how Cult Beauty began as a startup to become one of the biggest beauty retailers in the world is truly a must hear. Today I'm with co-founder Alexia Ng to hear about how she turned a frustration shared with the beauty industry into a blooming business. Hi everyone and welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success, and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable & Main, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable & Main has been an incredible journey so far, and I've decided to launch this podcast as a founder keen to learn and connect with fellow founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, and so I'm using this platform as a way to inspire and hopefully help each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, it's delighted to introduce you our guest for today, Alexia Ng. Alexia co-founded Cult Beauty as a passionate but frustrated beauty consumer tired of being oversold products. Those negative customer experiences drove her to make Cult Beauty the most trusted, in my opinion, and in many, beauty retailer in the world. Cult Beauty is known globally as the place to find the trendiest hero products the world of beauty has to offer. So if you haven't already saved Cult Beauty to your bookmark bar, you've got to do so now. And I'm personally so excited because my brand, Fable & Main, has recently launched on Cult Beauty as well. Thank you so much, Alexia, for being in here today. And I'm so excited to start this conversation. Hello. Hello. Thanks very much for having me. So, I mean, I, I, a question I ask all my guests, and it's a pretty tough one, but in a nutshell, in a couple of sentences, can you just tell the audience who Alexia Ng is? <laughs> um, I'm fun-loving. I love people. I'm... Um, incredibly passionate about beauty, about founders, about storytelling, and I guess connections, really obsessed with connections. And actually what, what you, you, you mentioned about competition, and, and I'm really interested to see what's happening with the modern brands now and how competition should actually evolve into allyship. And how actually when it comes to indie brands, how actually building uh, these connections and, and, and allyship can help the greater good of the environment, but also actually each other to grow. I love that. And everything you said, I can see in Cult Beauty today. So I'm not surprised that, you know, you were one of the driving forces behind it, because it is all about that camaraderie of building beauty brands together and a collectiveness, which is all about collaboration and, and um, togetherness. So I love that. Um, but, you know, before we go into how Cult Beauty came around, I do want to kind of go back in time a bit to um, you know, young Alexia, Alexia Ng and how you knew the beauty frustration you had in the industry would turn into a business. Like what was that journey like? And before you met your co-founder, Jess? I mean, before I met Jess, I didn't, I wasn't really thinking about starting a business. Um, but I, I grew up in a village in Somerset and, you know, the, the only access that wasn't internet then, the only access I had to this kind of fast work, moving world of fashion and beauty and that creativity that came alongside it was through the glossy magazines. And I remember like 
just pouring over every page and and soaking up that that glamour and that um the advice and the interest and the and the players of the time but i always found I've always felt it felt a bit like empty calories at times you know um some of the promises the kind of pseudo scientific claptrap that that was uh definitely pushed out in the the 90s and the and the early noughties it just it didn't resonate with me and at the same time I was like well I, I don't understand why they're doing it because actually you know just with a little a tweak in the communication you've actually got a very engaged person who's very very interested in your brand rather than turning somebody off by patronizing them and treating them like they're stupid. It's so interesting to see how we've evolved so much today with how it was before but I do know that frustration was so paramount and I'm glad today we're in a bit of a different case thanks to you know retailers and people like yourself but um can you talk us a bit about also how you know you met Jess and that kind of I read an article about the basement story but I want you to tell us because I think it's so <laughs> exciting well it was quite it was really random how we met I was um doing the PR for a, a private members club called the hospital members club in in Covent Garden and Jess was sharing an office with a concierge website called Style Bible that I wanted to write about the hospital group and I, I had an appointment a lunch appointment sorted with um with the concierge and they couldn't they couldn't make it so um they said to Jess do you want a do you want a free lunch uh take notes just pretend that you're a freelancer for us and Jess said yeah <laughs> so that's how we met and uh, so she was posing as a journalist and uh, I was I was getting I was PRing my <laughs> my clients, but we got on very well. And, and you know the the conversation moved away to um, I was I was reading about this uh, website that did skills swapping through credit. So you you if you were a lawyer, so you could sort of work for a hundred credits. If you were a plumber, you work for one hundred and fifty credits, and and you basically could swap skills like barter. And we actually ended up talking about what skills we'd swap. So, you know, it's just talking about sort of what we could bring to the table. It's really funny as a precursor to um, setting up a business together. A couple of months later, Jess contacted me and said, I've, I've, got, <laughs> I've got to tell you, I'm not a journalist. But my other and she'd already she organized for the article. I've got the piece. My my client got their piece, which is always, always important. Important. Um, but uh, she said, but I do have another idea that I'd like to pass through you and see whether you think it would work and would it be a media friendly idea. And so I'd been working with brand building and storytelling and I'd originally been a journalist when I uh, when I first started. So she told me sort of the basic concept of, of cult beauty, which is this filtered site for cult products. And it sounds so simple, but no one else was doing it. And still no one's really doing it. So I was like, well, I just, I love that idea. I think it's brilliant. Um, yeah, you could, you could definitely do well with that. And she said, well, my next question is, do you want to come on board? And in that lunch, I said, yes. So uh, I'd met her once and we decided to start a business together. That is so cool. And I mean, obviously over time, um, it started getting more, you know, from an idea to reality, but so was Cult Beauty the name that was already kind of set in stone? And yeah, it was, um, it was just a no brainer. It was like, yeah, total. And no, I mean, that's amazing that, I mean, at that time as well, I guess today, every name has been taken up in trademarks and registrations, but that's like such an iconic two words. No one was talking about Cult Beauty cult. products at the time. Yeah. So there was Hero products, there was um, a kind of Hall of Fame, but n n this cult concept, it just didn't really, it didn't really exist except in kind of quite niche circles, mm. which is what I've always, you know, love, I, <laughs> I love a niche yeah. um, or a niche if you're American, yes. which always makes me giggle. Um, <laughs> got a niche. <laughs> I got a niche. It sounds like something naughty or something wrong. <laughs> like, probably British. Yeah. Yes. People listening. Most of the people are American. They'll be like, yeah, it's a niche. <laughs> it's a niche. Shut up. <laughs> um, so uh, it, it, I guess it hadn't really sort of been talked about in that way and really the sort of products that were considered hero 
were very, very mainstream. Um, you know, indie beauty was such a tiny, tiny part of the beauty industry. Um, and really for like proper obsessives or people in the industry. Um, yeah. so very much that conversation that you'd have with makeup artists or, you know, people that are really at the top of their field is like, what have you got in your kit? And this, they would bring out all of these. And I think probably it came from, from modeling originally that, that interest, you know, traveling around the world, um, discovering these new products. And you didn't have that globalized sort of in industry then. So you still very much had these national silos of beauty treasures. It was really for me about tapping those treasures. And, and that's uh, what excited me so much about the concept of cult. It, it's funny, like no one else really it. saw it. At the time they were um, very much, everyone was asking celebrities what they were using. It was never actually going to the, to the experts and saying, you know, what, what do you do to make the celebrity look like a star? You know, because no one looks like a star in the morning. No one. Um, you know, so that was the question we were asking and the, and the, the, the replies that were coming back were so interesting, which is why we set up a panel of hair and beauty experts who drove a lot of that, those beginning recommendations. And we still got the list. I think we started off with about 250 products. Yeah. Um, we said to, I think we had 30 people on the, on the expert panel, yeah, everything from hair to dermatologists to cosmetic scientists to acupuncturists. I mean, I'm really looking at the, the full range. And we asked them to recommend their top 10 products ever. And they weren't allowed to recommend anything they were financially tied to, which some people found a little bit harder than others. Oh, um, but, uh, you know, we came out with this, this wish list that was really cool. And once we de it, it was about 220 in the end, actually. Um, and we just really naively went out to the beauty industry and just started running down the list. And there was a highly amusing meeting with Clarins where we, we went in there and we said, we want your beauty flash balm. And they were said, yeah. well, you know, in which franchise sort of selection would you, would you take that? And we were like, no, no, we just want the beauty flash balm. And they're like, <laughs> <laughs> you are so funny. Um, and we were like, oh, I didn't actually aware that I was being funny. <laughs> I actually you know, the friend should be like, hmm. No, <laughs> yeah, it's all range. Um, so, um, yeah, that didn't go very well. And kind of what came home from that meeting going, oh, God, right, this is going to be a lot harder than we thought. We were so naive. But thank God for those moments, because it does also, at that time, you know, it makes you pivot into kind of, when you go to the next person or the next brand, you're learning from the feedback, especially if you're going to different silos, whether it's American brands or the French brands, or they're yes. very different types of people working in this company. Actually, yeah. it's the French brands who have been the most resistant to cult beauty. Yes, yes. Um, the American brands saw the opportunity. I think they were, as a nation, much further ahead with their concept of e-commerce. Um, than the UK and uh, you know lots of things have caught up now but it was very much uh, an unheard of thing and, and buying beauty online really at the time that we launched in June 2008 was basically grey market or mm. salons offloading stock they you know or just making a bit of extra cash on kind of catalogue sites yeah. so to actually have a luxury feeling site selling <laughs> filtered cherry picked ranges i mean literally it was everything that the beauty industry absolutely hated so i mean yeah. we were laughed out of about 95 percent of all of the meetings that we tried at the beginning i know but but you know i think it's about you guys were ahead of the times for sure and now look how quick it's moving and now half well, all the brands want to be where you guys are at so it's kind of good that you're persistent but it is difficult to sometimes be ahead of the time in the sense of um you know, yes, it's hard because there's that balance between is it naive or is it just, you know, are they naive, right? Like what is, you know, it's hard to find that balance. I always envisage it as um, going through virgin jungle mm. um, versus going along a pathway. And it's like when you, when you are trying something that really hasn't been done before, you're literally there with your machete uh, knocking the snakes away, literally, uh, kind of cutting through just like Indiana Jones, you know, and once you've been through once, 
you know, you've, you've, you've forged like the, a, a slightly easier path. You keep walking up point. it. You, you get to the point where it becomes a road. And then once it's yeah. a motorway, do you really want to go down that path? No. No. <laughs> you want to go down another jungle. <laughs> and that's the thing, you know, you get that adrenaline of you never, no road will ever be the same as that journey of going through that jungle because it's just so exciting. And also, you know, it's hopefully for a better future as well, because we need more trailblazers and people disrupting the industry, which honestly, yes, in 2008 was like this, but also now today it's the same. There is, you know, you talked, you know, we talked about US and France, for example, as differences. And I worked in, in Dior for many years in LVMH and you go to the Sephora just in Europe compared to the US. It's completely different. It is different. It's still about the luxury, the maisons, it's the name, the savoir-faire, as opposed to really listening to what the youngsters and the consumers want. They're begging for the, the new kind of brands. They don't have access to it. And today, I think that's why I love, especially about cult is, you know, that worldwide shipping and that accessibility is you're putting the consumer first, yeah. not, um, you know, the ego of, of the people working in the companies or the vision of what it is. And I love that. I think, I mean, the worldwide shipping, we actually had worldwide shipping right from day one, but the, the rates were, were not preferable. So we, I think we had to charge 15 pounds uh, we worked out it was either £15 or £4, um, the, the two options that we had for people, but um, which I think put off a few people. But I think there's, um, you know, there was, there was one brand that really made a huge difference for Colt in the early days, and that was actually Eccentric Molecules, Molecule 01, which was a completely oh. new British brand, but it took off massively and internationally. And I think... We uh, it was the Scandinavian nations that that spotted it first. So we were actually sending a lot of uh, that fragrance uh, across Europe quite early on. Now it's, it's great to see how, um, you know, by listening to the data and stuff, you, something surprise you and brands can really surprise you, especially me doing the podcast. I'm hearing so many stories and I'm just shocked by some of the stories of brands that I thought were bigger than they are or smaller than they are and what their journeys have been is incredible. But I mean, going a bit in the early stage of cult, I know like the initial idea with, with Jess, you know, was um, creating this kind of curated list. Was it always envisioned to be a retail space or more of a content driven space? Because it's not easy to create a retail, you know, with the distribution and the buying. Yeah. The content was always really essential. And actually, while we were setting or while we were building the website, we actually started a blog um, because the website took so bloody long. We were, you know, we didn't <laughs> have a does. huge... Uh, budget and there wasn't you didn't have options like Shopify so either it was kind of really basic catalog site or 100 grand minimum cost to build something through Oracle so that you yeah. just at that time you just didn't have the off the peg option so we actually went for something a bit more bespoke I think we built it for 16 grand in the end, which we definitely got our money's worth with that, with that first iteration. It was sort of eight months late because we, we didn't have very much cash to do it. And we were always like the secondary client. But, you know, it, it, it did us, it did us for, for a few years before we could build up the cash to, to do a, a proper site. I think people need to listen who are creating brands. Like it's okay to, to you know, if you don't have the funds to start not a bit scrappy, but start a bit smaller, yeah. like even for Fable and Maine, like, you know, our exact, our first site is that, as you said, and now we're doing you know, a six figure site after a year because we can, and the business can allow for it. Yeah. Um, but the small site still suffice, you know, still sufficed. It still did the sales. It did the job, but um, you learn in that process. So it's important to, to think of it as a journey. You're still going through that jungle. You're not you need to run through it. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, there's, there's something quite nice about the quirkiness of being a bit scrappy of being that yeah. <laughs> that funny brand that um you know has these these quirks across the sites that feels very human and that's really what consumers are really looking to um identify with uh, the there's enough faceless interaction in our life and growing you know in a, in a in a consumer journey which is you know increasingly um led by ai and through no human interaction i think adding 
EI or emotional intelligence into that into that journey and, and injecting humanity wherever you can is is really essential and increasingly so. No, definitely. I couldn't agree more. And and I think what people forget is like this journey we're on, it, it there are so many like ups and downs based on also the the industry that like we can't control things. You can't like the pandemic, for example, yeah. or um, yeah, is one example, or the advancements of AI and tech, and we have to just adapt to it. And an investment you made a year ago might have been not the right investment today, but you're in that, you're stuck in that. Yeah. But if I could say, let's say 2007, 2008 to 2020, 2021, just before the pandemic, actually, what were some of the highlights for you in building cult beauty? I think one of the things you learn to do and it's really important to do as an entrepreneur is to celebrate all of the little wins along the way. So, you know, when a when a brand says yes, when you get a great bit of press, for me, it's always when somebody hears cult beauty and says, oh, I love cult beauty. I love cult beauty. And I'm like, that's amazing. You've even heard of us. It's so cool. Um, and then it's like, how did you find about, how did you find out about us? What was your journey? What was the first product you bought? <laughs> What's your favorite product? What, experience? what happened afterwards? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so then they get the third degree, but um, the, the initial reaction is always one of, and it's, it's just such a proud moment when what you're doing has touched somebody enough. When you're a retailer, not, I mean, as a brand, I think it's a, it is a slightly different thing because as a retailer, your identity is, is, is a lot, is very much mixed in with all the brands that you own in your stable and what you do with them. Your voice is about elevating them. You know, it's, it's not something that people generally feel all sort of fluffy and nice about, you know, go, oh, Amazon. Yeah. So sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's really, <laughs> so, you know, to, to build a, a, a retailer that, that gets that kind of reaction is something, you know, that's what I'm wanting to do is to, is this is why our, our mission is always to be the most trusted beauty retailer in the world. It's tr trust is so important, earning that trust in, in every interaction we have with people, you know that that's my that's my gauge that that it's working that we're, we're doing right i love and i love how it's really those little little wins that are the greatest joy it's those little roots of just that even a small little comment by someone you just meet on on the street and being like you know i just love cult beauty it to know one person is just enjoying what you've created and i know as a founder too it's just it's so um touching and it's what yeah. motivates us every day um but also what's exciting is to see when it becomes bigger and bigger the teams expand you know it's no it's like that whole having a, yes. a kid and then it goes to school and then it goes to university and then it goes you know it gets bigger than than us and it's exciting <laughs> but did you did you um did you ever feel like um like a little bit uh were you like oh, my question would be have you always felt in control or do you always or do you feel like your team is now also founders. Like, is it like the whole I've never felt in control. <laughs> really? <laughs> um, I love and I that. think that I think that's good. You know, it's it's, yeah. it's always about you know pushing. If you if you start to feel in control, you need to be kind of pushing a bit more um, mm. because actually, you know, it's it's been it has been all encompassing uh, building this this business. And in the early years before we actually got any funding, it was every waking thought for probably about three years and I, I had friends doing interventions and stuff like it's like Lex you really need to kind of calm down on this you know um <laughs> I've actually had one of those friends who did one of those interventions after three years he was like maybe maybe it's not the best idea babes maybe it's not the best idea and he, he contacted me uh at, just after hearing about the sales like never listen to my advice ever again <laughs> I retire from giving advice to you <laughs> You know, it was, it was mad. But, but it was unhealthy. It's important unhealthy. to hear here. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah <laughs> it was exactly. nights. It was, you know, working all day, going out at nights, networking, whether it's the, with e-commerce mm. networking, whether it was trying to get funding, whether it was actually going to events with press. Um, and cause we didn't really have any money, like going to the event, the press events that my, my sister got us into, that was, that was where we were eating. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so you're like the only people oh, no. at fashion parties eating yeah. the eating. canapes. 
Because <laughs> you're like, I'm having dinner at that event. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> but you know, you might You know, you, you want to put it all into your company and your baby because, yeah. uh, yes, you know, it's not, it's a startup. It's very hard to get funds and you don't really want to get investment so early on, which takes off like the whole arm of what you're working on. You want to do it at the right time. So it's better at the beginning of your company and your journey to be involved. Prove your concept. Yeah, you have to prove your concept. And, you know, we did, we did look around for funding, Um, you know, 2008, 2009, 2010 were just not good years for anyone. I mean, it really Mm. was total economic meltdown. The banks weren't lending. People were just sitting on their cash like is this is this Waiting. actually ever going to get yeah. any better again and um so we we were forced to really get creative what we're doing to spend some time really proving our concept and actually you know in hindsight looking back it was it was brilliant because we could we could make all of the mistakes um and, you know it was only ourselves to blame only ourselves to answer to um, and then by the time we bought on some funding in 2011, was it mid-2011, we were in a much better position. We had much more understanding and we didn't end up having to give away a huge percentage of the company at that point. Um, yeah. I mean, that's not to say that seed funding isn't essential. And, you know, yeah. I kind of had some seed money that came out of um, a, a really bad car accident I'd had. So, you know, I had that 40 grand to live on a bit and actually invest in the business. So, you know, <laughs> everyone needs their, yeah. their kickoff bit, but holding back from getting the big bucks uh, in, the, in the early days, I was something I would always, always recommend. recommend. Um, and as you said, preview concept yeah. for, for you and for the investor and for the, the market, because... Um, it, there's always great ideas, but to come to fruition and to actually build something that is here to stay does take time and does take some nurturing. So I think that's very important. I guess success doesn't come from one great idea. It comes from a great idea every day. Um, and exactly. that's, that's what you've got. It's not just one, it, you know, that's your, your little bit of a foundation, but to build a house, you've got to put the bricks on, right? Exactly. No, that's pretty much exactly what I was going to say. It is like step by step and you've got to do it at your pace and not look too much at the market and the competitors because their journey is different to you. They have different access and different connections and just focus on your own path is so important for many people listening. Um, but I do want to kind of touch a bit on the, the pandemic because I know um, obviously uh, it's it's been a very really tough and sad time for, for the world and um, especially in uh, many people's personal lives. But I think from a business perspective and a lot of the founders I've spoken to, it's been quite a moment of navigating, but also moments of um, opportunity, I would say. Most businesses I've spoken to have really thrived during the, 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 the lockdown and pandemic. So I know Cult Beauty is a, it's like a pure player. It's very much an online retailer. So have you found business and um, you know, market share has been a blessing in the last two years? I mean, it's, it's definitely uh, brought a lot more customers. I think what, it, what it's done is it's tipped people that wouldn't have ever really gone online to actually just play you know, a bit of time. I call I call the um, the the cohort the beauty hobbyists. Yeah. Um, this is the the new the new cohort of customers that we that we um, gained over that time is people that probably would have purchased beauty products from their local salon or, or areas that were shut um, for a sustained periods of time. So they were looking at the bird nest hair going, I really have to do something about this. So they were forced online. I think because they were very tentative about it because they, they hadn't done this before and, and didn't trust. Um, we, we definitely saw a lot more people doing a lot of research. So coming, putting a lot of stuff in wish lists. So really just, just doing the research around the products and then, kind of when they finally decided they'd come and they would buy the whole wish list. I and mean, it's quite, it's, it's kind of interesting how that, that works. Like that's really weird behavior. It's not normal behavior. So the customer journey's really changed. We over-indexed when it came to new, new customers, we was very much over-indexed with much older, so 50, 60 plus, um, and then also really young customers who probably would have 
have a kind of shopping social life um, aspect that that was gone from the mall. Um, so those those definitely over-indexed those new customers, but it, it, I think it brought generally a, a wave of discovery. But it was, you know, people don't, they see online businesses and don't understand there is an in real life <laughs> area to it. And actually online retail versus offline retail, when it comes to the back office, there's very little difference. Um, you still got your distribution center. You still got your people there that you need to keep safe, that you need to keep working. There's still the supply chain. Oh my God. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. God, you're much closer to that than, than uh, I am. But but I feel you. But also, you know, shipping costs have just tripled, and you know, because now there's less commercial flights, and there's so many things. Um, and you know, even for you, every every you know, whether it's cult beauty boxes that it goes in, that's a supplier that you need to deal with, and and timings. And I'm sure that has just been a lot of uh, little. Nick, headaches on the way, but you have to overcome them. Yeah, that's what you and have to Brexit, do. And then Brexit, obviously. And then Brexit. That's been a that, that's just a small one, but yeah, that, that's I think comparatively, I think comparatively especially chain. for us. Yeah. But also, um, people's habits, people's buying habits, really changed as well. Yeah. Everything went so much more ritualistic in in beauty, and I know this is something actually that would really really suits your your range. So it's exactly, much more yeah. ritualistic with hair. Um, and actually, with that extra half hour or hour that that you got back from not commuting for for a vast percentage of people, I think they actually used it to actually look after themselves a bit more. It, it highlighted how you know we're, we're beating ourselves up in in the sort of Western ideal of working you know, all hours. And actually people kind of took this time and generally decided that they were going to, to use it to uh, help their mental health or uh, sort out that, uh, you know, dry, frizzy hair uh, they, problem yeah, that they wanted to deal anything with. Anything that would help with that self-confidence of, oh, you know what, now is the time to fix this, as you said, my, my, my scalp issue or my... Yeah, or these, that you um, just could probably... These ingrown hairs. Yeah. And, and, and you research and you really do research. And then I think with social media, all these influencers sharing content at home that would be also very replicable and you can buy the similar products. And then also by not traveling as much, we have a bit more disposable income it at our at our you know dispense yeah. to spend a bit. There's um, things like um, blue light radiation protection. Hmm. So as um, you know, all these little micro trends happened as people you know not spending that much more time in front of a screen than we do normally. But we think but we are right. Actually, yeah. that just because you're constantly on meetings, you don't have actual real face 
time um that it really highlights the fact that how much time you're in front of this screen and and i think you know we've we've had blue light protection or hev protection products on the site for years but actually that that grouping of products just went mental um alongside the spf so it, it is um it's interesting to see how that works. I think it's also interesting to, to listen to, I guess, the searching and seeing how the, you know, you're seeing suddenly more search terms of this. And it's like, OK, it's so interesting how as a herd, we collectively yes. kind of adapt to to times and, and our, how we all kind of are on the same boat. I very, very much enjoyed seeing whether I was ahead or, or behind the curve because, you know, you go, oh, yeah, I'm going to going to make some bread what do you mean i can't get any flour (laughs) i was like so behind on that one and then sort of looking at the different things like from from point of buying and we sat down and did sort of big brainstorms around like what what do you think people will need to um to support them through this time once we realized it wasn't just going to be three weeks um and you know it was it was just following people on like very much focused on the essentials to start off with but then that whole kind of turn your bathroom into a spa thing really took off in the sort of second and third months and even though it was the hottest summer we've had in so long bath bath products were like up 400 percent. it was just mental no and i think it's as you said it's from that three month factor to like actually this is here to stay and whether it's going to be heightened because we're still in a lockdown or Mm. pandemic but we have changed our mentality and I think we have now adapted to be a lot more beauty conscious and, you know, uh, beauty consumers. I personally like how the Amazon effect or sometimes I just go on Amazon just to buy things because I just want to buy things. I now Mm. do the same with beauty and I kind of like, I'm always researching, always saving. And I actually, once every month or two, I keep a list of things I want to get on cult. Um, and I, and I do that order and I literally do that. I literally, um, and it's so great to see you guys offering so many brands that, you know, I can't go to Sephora. I can't go to America right now. And there isn't really, especially in the UK, there isn't any retailer that has the choice that you have. The ones, the brands I want to see, if that makes sense. Um, so it's just exciting to see all of that. And, um, yeah, I'm really grateful. And branching out and, and sort of also always really interested in, in defining what, a beauty retailer should sell. Yes. Um, what what should we support people with? Because actually, we've always had a well being section, even even when we mm. first launched. Um, and beauty and well being go together in my head, you know, completely. And there's, there shouldn't really be a, a, a line, a delineation between the two. But actually, you know, when we started, it it, it very much was considered a completely different and much lesser. Um, area and now well-being is almost kind of overtaking uh the traditional beauty um now so i know you're nodding because you literally your <laughs> your yeah. brand again yeah, yeah. Over the main, all over it's that all over that yeah. um but uh it's it, it is it is interesting to see sort of what happens next and and when we we launched our um sexual pleasure and wellness category probably yeah. about two and a half years ago now we we it was quite controversial and i was quite surprised at how um some people did find it very controversial they were saying you know i'm i'm following you on instagram as a beauty retailer i shouldn't be uh, having to see this uh, picture of a vibrator and it was like well it's actually very easy you just you just go unfollow it's very easy yeah exactly <laughs> it's, that's really upsetting you um People, yeah, I, I completely don't understand sometimes why people are uncomfortable at things that are just so normal. It, I would say it's everyday things. This is normal. This is something that we have to, we need. And I think it's, you know, you guys are not offering things that are um, trying to, you know, just do it for the sake of it. You're doing what people are searching for, what people yeah, are looking it, for. It's a journey. It's a, it's a beauty and health journey. And yeah. I guess what I'm seeing now is, as as people lose confidence to a certain degree in the healthcare systems all yeah. over the world, um, not just at UK, there's very definitely this movement towards supplementing what is available within your community or society with at-home health devices or uh, for diagnostics or actually for, for devices that are going to actually help bring bring health or elevate your health. Um, it's, it's going to be utterly massive. 
And I love how you really make it accessible for people on the, on your website to find those areas. But I do, I do think, you know, you've mentioned it before. There are certain things where there's that blurred line, you know, technically, is it well-being? Is it hair? And, and actually, um, more and more brands are becoming quite, you know, um, I would say very inclusive where they do a bit of everything. And it's hard in a store, right? Because there are certain areas. It's like a skin but it's also hard on a retail, on an online site because it's it's another form of a store. So, does your do you have like sometimes a lot of meetings on like how do we do the navigation? Because yes, <laughs> meeting <laughs> meeting stroke arguments. I mean, depending on how yeah. you look on it. Um, no, it's great. Really healthy debates on it. Um, yeah. and you know, always coming from very different angles. How are we going to help people on their journey? When you know, especially as we broaden the the categories is always a question. And I think this is where AI absolutely can help. And, you know, you, you can work on affinities. You can, you can see that there are natural affinities between certain brands or certain products. Um, and then if you layer in that knowledge to what a, a customer is telling you through their journey of um, whether they're clicking on a certain category. I mean, I'd love to, there's a, there's a lot of ideas that I have that um, working with the Hut Group will be able to bring to fruition. Um, and it's sort of one of the most exciting aspects of, of entering into this partnership with them is yeah. the technology that comes along with it and through their ingenuity platforms and, you know, taking the cult product obsession and storytelling obsession um, and actually layer that with technology to silently help you in the background get to the product that we think you might like. Again, you're always putting the consumer first. And I think that's what a successful founder needs to do. But also that's what the future of this industry should be. So, I mean, on a in a nutshell, what's like the future of, I know you touched on the Hut Group recent deal, but like what's the future of cult beauty to you with this new partnership with the hut group that you can say it is it is absolutely taking taking this technology um you know what what is a cult beauty app we don't even have an app yeah. <laughs> we we've, um, should. We're, yeah. we're very early in the in actually weirdly we're quite early in our technology journey you know and the the areas where we really uh, do incredibly well is around our brand our brands our, our ability to truffle hunt the best brands from all over the world sniff them out yes um and and then you know elevate them and and tell their stories and put them on a pedestal that that they deserve you know um and actually it gets to the point where really having a technology partner to come in and help us do this better is, is only going to really help us fly and actually really help that customer experience of cult beauty. Because, you know, the site can be a teeny bit clunky at times. <laughs> it definitely needs a bit of an upgrade. I, I, th I think also that all that talk and AI to bring that to real, like, um, kind of accessibility mm. to the consumer with also going further than the industry, because it's very hard to do. I mean, you've seen it in, like, try on this makeup or whatever, but really in data, um, to like, you know, curate that perfect choice. Imagine going on a site and what you see is just different to what other people see. Yeah, um, I've got so many ideas around that. It's crazy. And and that oh, there's there's a lot of stuff that, that we're going to, to try and trial and see whether people like it or not. I mean, yeah. sometimes you can be too clever for your own good. And actually sometimes on a yeah, customer yeah. journey, you just want to not be bothered. You know, it's just like when you walk into a store, I just, I just want to play. I just want to play with this stuff, stuff yeah. popping up stuff and suggesting stuff to me. I just exactly. want a clear, clean experience. And really, that's what yeah. cults always been, because that's how I feel uh, through a customer experience. You know, I, I really like to choose where I want to go and then be offered a, a selection, but just just discreetly. If don't, you want to. don't poke me and no. try and sell stuff and don't upsell me. <laughs> no, exactly. I think but I think that's what I think from the beginning from the, the, the basement first meetings to today, Cult was born to be this kind of retailer or this kind of, you know, brand where it's about curating what is on trend, but also what's great for you. And I think that's, that's where you guys will hopefully, and I'm sure you will flourish in this space because um, it's what your audience is also hoping for. You guys have cultivated this um, audience with Cult Beauty. So I think it's exciting.
I just want to touch on, um, you know, a bit out of cult, just a bit about Alexia Ng, but like, what is your way that, you know, you've built such an incredible empire um, with Jess? And I just want to know how you stay grounded and motivated in your everyday life. Like, do you have a, a routine of success that you do? Um, and maybe with some of the cult beauty products? Yeah, I, there's a, a category of, of beauty products that I call emo beauty, as, not as in goth, but as an emotionally emotionally supportive um and there are a, a bunch of rituals that i that i use usually a lot through aromatherapy to um to, to kind of support those highly stressful moments there's a there's a brand that i adore called called actually therapy um with an ie at the end yeah. that i use uh, a lot to kind of support me. They have, they have a, a range, a smorgasbord of bathing options, whether it's sort of de-stress, one that helps you sleep. I mean, it's just, it is a, it's a beautiful range. Um, but also, you know, other ranges with, uh, through the, um, the sort of skincare regime and, you know, just cleansing oils and steaming and just sort of having that, that ritual where you are, actually looking after yourself and it becomes such a ritual you're not even noticing sometimes that you're doing it it's just part of it and it is then you know there's no negotiation but you know I've still not I've still not worked out the balance I've always said my work-life balance is rather like a hippo on a seesaw really (laughs) (laughs) and it's okay you know what we have to accept to ourselves it's okay we're on a journey it's we can't have it perfect but as long as we're enjoying the journey that's the most important yeah, right absolutely. that's what i say but it is uh, and, and testing i always try to like test loads of different ways because a lot of people ask me what's your routine and um i actually always change my routine because i'm always just all over the place changing my your ideas hair I, I like oil. That. actually i really i do really like your hair oil what i would really like is different hair oil um aromatherapy actions so you can have yep. one that is very particularly for relaxing and one is one is more stimulating just as because when you're yeah. massaging it into your scalp like the you do get that lovely scent and you're usually in a in the, oh so we're actually finally we're, we're, we've just launched the the soothing serum the soothing mm. oil which is like a bakuchi scent um so i'll make sure i send it to you if you haven't um but it's like a cooling and very like a very different mm. scent but because our hero products are oil we're actually working on a lot more oils because we feel like we're probably going to be an oil brand in a way. Um, and that's what we grew up with. You know, the amount of oils, um, there's like an encyclopedia of Indian Ayurvedic oils and they all have different smells and different chakras and different, you know, there's a whole thing there. So I love the fact that you said that because we'll definitely work on that. The Ayurvedic, I mean, Ayurvedic massage is literally the best massage in the world. It's it's it's, It's hitting you on so many different levels um, it's yeah. not just the touch. It's not just manipulation. It's not just the oils. There's there's so much wisdom that goes into that process. I mean, it's just amazing. So true. So yeah, I'm a huge Ayurvedic fan. Oh yeah, I mean, it's it's what you know, it's what I grew up with, not realizing it was Ayurveda. And then over time, I worked in the Veda actually for many years, and um, not for one year, but I, I, I um, did a bit of experience before there, and I learned a lot about Ayurveda during my time at Ayurveda. Didn't didn't know that fast forward four or five years I'll have my own Ayurvedic hair brand that's sort of like a competitor but uh it's been yeah it's quite interesting to see that journey but it's what my grandma taught us and it's a 4,000 year old science and there's so much to learn from rituals and as you said it's a big trend right now is going back to our roots and you know taking inspiration from what people have been doing for for thousands of years it's uh, there's a reason why it still lasted I call it cultural appreciation <laughs> I love that cultural appreciation. Yeah. There's a lot with this cult word when it's cultivate cultural. It's, it's amazing what. Yeah, but mind like. you, actually, our IP lawyer the the other day was like, I was talking about um, trademarking a couple of other ideas, and uh, he he said, "Well, you know, if you'd come to me uh, 14 years ago and said I want to call my my company Cult Beauty, I would have deeply advised against it because yeah. you know the word the word cult doesn't go through firewalls. Um, no. You know, we had a nightmare getting emails through to to American businesses, but at the beginning until no, exactly. our domain got a better 
uh, reputation. And he's like, and you, you put the word cult next to anything else. You suddenly, you have some kind of suicide pact, something going on from here, there, or ever around the world. And he's like, I definitely would have yeah. said avoid it. And I was like, well, this is why when you have an idea that you really, 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 really feel passionate about is just do it. Yep. You know, maybe ask a couple of people. Just do it. <laughs> I mean, especially today, especially with like trademarks and stuff, but yeah, just actually, do it and yeah. then you'll figure it out. On, I mean, it is, as you said, it's easier, I think, 14 years ago. It would have been, it's a bit more today. It's like um, there's too many experts in the field telling you everything that you shouldn't do. In a way, they'll tell you so much that you're like, so basically I shouldn't launch a brand. Paralyzed. <laughs> so paralyzed. only listen to a yeah. few. Don't, don't take it. So, I mean, before I go to the fire round questions and we'll wrap it up, there's one question I ask everyone, but I think it's going to be really unfair for you because I asked them about their brand, but you have many brands. You, you are a mother of so many incredible beauty brands. So it's going to be a bit of a tricky one, but I will ask it anyway. So the question is, TFL is opening up, travels, you know, ha- not TFL, TSA. TSA is <laughs> always been TSA is opening up and... Um, but they're being a bit tricky and they're saying, Alexia, you can only bring one beauty product. No, it's no. Um, I, would, I would literally I'd say, I want to speak to your manager. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, you know what? That's a valid answer. That's a valid answer. You're not going to allow that. <laughs> but, but what would you say like right now is um, your kind of go-to hero product that is just like in your bag every day? Like, you know. I mean, it's, it is really, it's such a difficult question. Because I like I have literally have hundreds. I, I rustle and, and <laughs> crackle as I walk along. I mean, there's there's uh, well, there's one product that I use every single morning that is part of my ritual, and it's the Therapy Cherish body oil, uh, body serum. It's called, and it's it is a body oil, and that is uh, something that I would probably yeah I would I would fight uh, an airport official if uh, if they tried I mean, to take. So is it. that on cult beauty yeah. therapy? Yeah. But, okay, I'm going to check it out right after this and so get good. it. Cause cherish you told body me on that. oil. Oh, Just... Cherish body oil. Yeah. Amazing. Well, so we'll just do some fire round questions. These are like a few questions. First thing that comes to your mind. Um, so kind of, it's a similar question, but what's a, a wellness brand? I think you can answer it the same way that you, you're currently loving. Would you say it's therapy? Well, or... I'm not sure that I would call that a wellness brand. No. Or a beauty brand or any, yeah. Do you know what, actually? The New Co. Yeah. It's a brand that had been around for a little while, but they did a kind of relaunch halfway through last year and, and actually changed their whole pricing structure and, and became a lot more accessible. Um, and no, it's an incredible brand. You know, um, you know, Jules and the- uh, J- Jules going to come on the podcast. That's exciting. So, ah, uh, yeah, no, she's really interesting. I think she's got. Um, she's amazing. She's an interesting barometer. Uh, I think mm. she's a she's an ideas barometer, and she um, she thinks about things just a little bit differently. And I noticed that kind of early on, but she's carried it on. And her de de stress three sixty. Um, supplements are really really good i also love her forest forest lungs fragrance forest lungs it's one of my favorite fragrances it's i mean the whole and just the packaging what they've done with the nuco it's just it's a product that you kind of want to keep on your shelf and just show everyone it's so beautiful so i I think that brand is definitely i mean i'm excited to launch the podcast with her soon because i think um there's a lot to learn about her journey as well so definitely I'm excited for definitely. Jules. um what's a guilty pleasure of yours i'm never guilty about pleasure <laughs> you're the first only person who said that i love that i love that <laughs> <laughs> like well, you know when you yeah. get a chance to have some grab it's it with pleasure. both hands it's amazing <laughs> exactly okay what's one you're like okay i should be a little bit mindful like most people say chocolate i don't think that's a guilty yeah, pleasure yeah i mean that's, that's just standard pleasure. isn't it like um, <laughs> that's just standard gosh. yeah i mean going in for seconds is probably the yeah <laughs> food generally i mean i'm just a i love food and i love cooking and i love eating with friends oh, so i can do that for many hours and to the point of of just like okay right can't move now probably have to sit here just I'm bu- yeah, I, that, <laughs> mean the, the, the bell from there. Okay, I've eaten. <laughs> I love that. Um, what are you currently watching or reading? Um, I am actually, I'm going on holiday tomorrow and I love a Ooh. bit of sci-fi. 
and somebody's just recommended oh, this so book fake. to me. So I'm, I've just started it, actually. Lord Fowl's Bane by Stephen Donaldson is what I've just started. And it's a, it's a trilogy, so it's got, I've got a love. Let me know how it is after, because I'm really looking for a new... I'll, I'll first wait till you're, you know, once you've read a bit to tell me if it's good. <laughs> yes, yeah. I should, I should rip through it. It'd be, it'd be good. Um, <laughs> okay. I mean, but, that's cool. uh, yeah. Very cool. Uh, what's your favourite social media platform right now? I, st- I mean, I still really do like Instagram. Uh, yeah. It's a bit old school. Bit old school about that. Uh, it's still my. I mean, everyone says TikTok. I do love TikTok, but Instagram is my go-to. It's the thing I would check first. You know, it's the thing. I yeah, do. I haven't really had the, the time to properly explore TikTok. Um, you know, and I can see the the addictive nature of it. Um, I'm just really interested about the learning aspect of TikTok and how people are using it to um, to learn to to gain knowledge and and that is. You know, as a behaviour, really, really interesting to me. Definitely. And last question is, if you weren't, um, you know, beauty founder, entrepreneur, what would you be? A uh, chef. Amazing. Well, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, you can be both in a way, but I think that's super exciting. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, there's, there's something with food, uh, I think, would be the, the, the next one. You should go on like Celebrity MasterChef one day. That was so fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> anyone's listening well. who works in MasterChef, put we're just normal. <laughs> yeah, oh no, 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 I think we're just normal. You're, like, you're a celebrity to me. <laughs> but thank you. I mean, it's been an absolute honor, personally, and just a privilege to to listen to your incredible story. And um, I know you're going to continue inspiring so many through just building cult beauty. But where can everyone find um, cult and yourself on social and on online? Um, so it's cult beauty is the handle uh for all of the 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 different social platforms that we use but i think instagram is probably our most uh most used um and then i'm alexia.ing um all the i mean links will be in the in the in the summary so you can click on it directly and please do follow alexia and cult and check out the brand and the retail space and prepared to be inspired but thank you so much and um well, well we'll be in touch and really excited to be building fable and main with cult as well yes and i can't wait for those new hair oils coming <laughs> <laughs> wicked all right cheers akash lovely Thanks to talk so to you much. i hope you enjoyed this episode of founded beauty as much as i had making it and if you did please share it with a friend who you think will love it too Founded Beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music Podcasts, the Acast app, and many more. And I'm also very proud to be part of the Acast Creator Network. So be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop. We really appreciate every single follow, listen, share, and review. It truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. So as a little thank you, I will be hosting a giveaway each week on my Instagram channel at meta underscore a, where you can win some amazing Fable Main goodies. All you have to do is follow me, check out my stories and all will be revealed. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founded Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, 
Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.